0: welcome everybody to nwczradio.com channel ones down the rabbit hole i'm big d and i'm brandon and it's time once again for this week's edition before we get into it I want to thank everybody for being part of the show emailing in all that good stuff you can reach us down the rh protonmail.com down the rh protonmail.com also thanks to Obviously, all of the outlets that carry us, we couldn't do it without them. And we do appreciate it. And wherever you're listening to us, thank you. Thank you for diving into the rabbit hole with us whenever you can. We put out a show every Sunday and every Wednesday. Hopefully, you're enjoying that. Hopefully. Today, we're going to talk about somebody who used to go by the moniker of Prof. You've heard of this guy. He... Brought us a lot of information that basically launched. I want to talk about a lot of conspiracy theories. A lot of conspiracy theories came out of what this guy did. And it's a fascinating story as to how he got to where he was, how he got this information, and even more so what he did with it and whether it was right or wrong. And I think towards the end of the show, we're really going to dive more into that aspect of it, like, did he do it right? Could he have done it differently? And maybe it would have gone a little better for him because he is in jail as we speak.
1: Yes, yes.
0: So today we're going to explore the life and world of Julian Assange. It's a fascinating tale. This guy was born in 1971 in Australia. His mom was some sort of visual artist. And his dad was a builder and then they separated. Then his mom married an actor and, and they ran like a small theater. I think it was a small theater together and his name was Brett Assange. And so Julian, who didn't really know his first dad that well, I don't know if he cared for him or not. I never could quite get an answer on that, but he took on the Assange name and regarded this guy as his father. And then they divorced around 1979 and his mom <laughs> left with her new husband and they joined what Julian described as a cult called the family. And yes, that is definitely a cult.
1: Haven't we done the family?
0: It's not the family of God. It's a different one.
1: Oh, a different family. Okay. But they well, they're in it. Australia too,
0: right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And then, His mom separated from that guy in 1982. So you can see there was a lot of, I don't want to say instability, but some instability, a lot of people coming and going. I think Julian Assange got attached to this guy and then he was gone. And then the next guy came in and thought he was crazy. And so there was situation at home that wasn't great. Yeah. And so he found his solace in computers. He studied programming, mathematics, and physics at Central Queensland University and also at the University of Melbourne, but he never completed a degree. He never graduated. So while he was in college and you know, kind of in and out of jobs and different things, I think at one point he was involved in the rave scene from what I saw which I believe is where he got that nickname, the prof because yeah. he would set up lighting and just be part of the general rave scene. If you've never been to a rave, you've never seen the rave scene, especially during that time, that was a whole different deal than what we see with the EDM crowd now.
1: Yes. And, and here's the the thing. This is one of the things that, cause I, I got to talk with my daughter about this once because she was talking about, you know, a couple years ago, going to a rave, um, and whatever and i'm like but your rave is different your rave is sponsored by monster the raves we went to as kids was literally a broken run down empty warehouse where they just went in threw in some speakers and some power and we partied until the cops showed up that's when you knew the rave was over when you saw the red and
0: blues and the whoop whoop, whoop it's time to go Absolutely yes. In the '90s, the rave scene was underground. There were a lot of drugs. That doesn't mean everybody was doing them, but there was a, there were a lot of drugs there. And they would literally just take over a burnt out or unused warehouse that had power. Sometimes even not, they would bring generators. And they'd have a DJ up there, and it people, <laughs> the people would show up. <laughs> And there were no posters around. It wasn't sponsored by anybody. It was word yeah. of mouth. And It was either word of mouth or the other way that you did it was you'd go to
1: the specific stores that you knew where to go to. You went to those stores, and they would give you a phone number. And you would call that phone number at 6, 6, 6 p.m., and there would be a recorded message that would say an address. That's where the party was.
0: And at the time, I was... Uh, working for the city of seattle driving a city bus and i can remember many a times picking up an entire bus load of fairies and gremlins and winged people with glitter and air, all you know all the what the, they had the suckers around their neck the binkies and dropping them off in the middle of some warehouse district and they would just disappear into the night so That's what Assange was part of. Not what we're seeing now. No. When he was 15, 16, he started learning how to hack. And he became quite skilled, actually. There's a lot of stories of he and this group that sort of formed. And he went by the name Mendax, M-E-N-D-A-X, taken from this uh latin story and it stood for nobly untruthful so as most hackers did back then they would challenge each other they would i bet you can't break into this i, I bet you can't get into that and so he and this little group they would challenge each other and they would try to hack into all kinds of things when he was about 16 <laughs> one day the police showed up raided his mom's house And confiscated all of his equipment. And according to Assange himself, quote, it involves some dodgy character who is alleging that we had stolen five hundred thousand dollars from Citibank. So all kind of problems go on. Mom's pissed off. He's in jail. His equipment's locked up in a police storeroom somewhere. And turns out that he never got charged, and his, his equipment was returned. And at that point, he decided that it might be wise to be a bit more discreet. So it was kind of a wake-up call for him. Yeah, I could see that. Well, I knew some guys who were hackers, not to this degree. But these hackers, especially back then, because everything was fairly open, fairly new. There wasn't a lot of security in place. So if you broke into someplace, they rarely knew you were there. Yeah. And so a lot of hackers would just hack in, they would look around, they might screenshot some things. They weren't there to steal anything it, somewhere, but a lot of it was just a challenge. And it was a challenge w- and
1: they would go in there and a lot of times you would see it like, um, if you've ever watched the movie Hackers, they do this. They'll go in and they'll take, a lot of times it's even the garbage file. They take the trash file so they can show it to the buddy and say, see, I was there.
0: Exactly. That's yeah, all so it was. It was just a, ha ha, I did it. Right. I was there. I broke in. I got out. Nobody noticed. In 1988, Julian used social engineering to get the password to Australia's Overseas Telecommunications Commission's mainframes. Now, according to him, he had what he called self-imposed set of ethics where he didn't damage or crash any systems or the data that he hacked. And he would maybe just share some information like we talked about. He made the paper in the Sydney Morning Herald at one point. He had become known as Australia's most notorious hacker. And in the the Guardian said, uh, in 1991 that he was, quote, probably Australia's most accomplished hacker. That's pretty big. I mean, when, if you're in the hacking community and you rise to the top, everybody bows to you. So at some point, he and two others, these guys known as Tracks and Prime Suspect, formed a hacking group called the International Subversives, according to uh, several sources. Assange may have also been involved in the wank hack at NASA in 1989, although it's never been proven. I guess there's been hints and allegations, as they say.
1: You said the wank hack?
0: Yes, W-A-N-K. <laughs> so anyway, they're doing this through the mid-90s. They started targeting all kinds of places. They found a secret data network used by the U.S. military, They found all kind of reports. They were hacking anything and everything they could get into just for a badge of honor. It was literally just to show off. Uh, Sort of a catch-me-if-you-can type situation. In fact, Assange said that at one point they found a backdoor to this U.S. military portal and had control over it for two years. (laughs) Then he wrote a program called Sycophant that allowed the international subversives to conduct, quote, massive attacks on the U.S. military. And the international subversives regularly hacked into systems belonging to a, quote, who's who of the U.S. military industrial complex and the network of Australia National University and other stuff. They've been going on. I think they hacked into Well, tons of emails they were hacking into places in malaysia and on and on and on so during this time as they're hacking around they have all this information at hand it dawns on them maybe they should be reading some of this stuff they've got access to it nobody knows they're there like i said for two years they could get in and out of the military industrial complex which amazes
1: me reading that when i was reading that i'm like You've had access to this, to data that
0: everybody wants to look at,
1: and you never thought
0: to read it? No. They, <laughs> like you said, they would, sort of, they would screenshot or they would take maybe some trash, trash emails that were highly classified or from you know, certain people that were notable, and they would share them around. Oh, look what we did. Look where we were. Look where we're still at. And so, yeah, then they finally said, well, hey, maybe we should check into this. And, and so they started doing that. And so now flash forward to 2006, they established what we all know now as WikiLeaks. Assange became a member of the advisory board. And from 2007 to 2010, Assange traveled pretty much exclusively on WikiLeaks business visiting Africa, Asia, Europe and North America. And in December of 2006, that is when WikiLeaks posted its first leak. You have to remember, up until this point, nobody had heard of WikiLeaks. That was a brand new term. You hear it all the time now. Oh, did you see that on WikiLeaks? Was that on WikiLeaks? Did you get that off of WikiLeaks? What's on WikiLeaks? Nobody had heard of that. We didn't even know what that meant. What's a WikiLeak? Who knows? And that's the weird thing is, and
1: what was tough too, though, is a couple that I heard different ways of how he got WikiLeaks. I heard that he just kind of joined it, and then another one said he started it. But he basically took the idea from, oh, I can't remember the name of the other site. I had it here a minute ago. But took the idea from a friend who had another site that he didn't feel was they were they were putting out documents, but they weren't like marketing it and saying, hey, look at what we have. They were just putting it out there. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were.
0: That website or, or that leaking point that you're talking about. Nobody knew who was running that. Yeah.
1: Nobody knew who it was, and they didn't know what... it. Nobody knew about it, really. It was one no. of those things, like, the public didn't know. It was like, unless you were in this little corner of the, the the Internet, you didn't know it was there. It wasn't until, you know, Assange came up with the idea of, like, let's do wikilinks, and then let's market it. Let's, like, tell people, hey, come here. I've got to show you something.
0: Right, and I'm so, with you. I saw a couple of different scenarios to this, because I don't think Julian Assange, at least none that I could find, has ever come out straightforward, And that may be because of the trial that he endured and all of the legalities of it. But I did hear that. Yes, he was super instrumental in setting it up and then decided, well, I'm I'm not going to put my name as the founder of it. I will be yeah. a represent, a representation of it. Then I also heard that, you know, he gave the idea to some people and said, you set it up and then I'll come on board. Yeah. And see, I heard
1: the same. What well, was one of those ones that instead of just giving him the idea that he came up with it, had someone help him and then kind of gave them credit. But it, it all comes down to different, weird, you know.
0: I think a lot of it's just the, the smoke and mirrors. Well, and they started with absolute noble intentions mm-hmm. and, and noble reasoning behind it. And in fact, one of the things I found that he said is the reason that they actually. Thought up WikiLeaks and sort of the strategy behind it was to use leaks to force organizations to reduce levels of abuse and dishonesty or pay a quote secrecy tax to be secret but inefficient. So basically, they would, if they found some unsavory doings in a company or in the government or whatever, they would offer them a choice, a chance. We'll either put this up. And everybody can see it. Or you can pay us not to put it up and correct it. And then we won't disclose it. Kind of superhero kind of stuff there. I like it. I do too. I don't mind anybody making a profit. And I don't mind anybody monetizing their work. So they work. They broke in. And again, (laughs) you have to remember... It was kind of the Wild West of the Internet. There, A lot of these hacking laws and stuff were not in place yet. No. Everyone was playing catch-up to what was going on behind the scenes of the Internet. There was no dark web. It was all just the web. <laughs> and a lot of people didn't even know what the Internet, you know, what. Like, what it was.
1: And what it could do.
0: Right, so according to... To Julian he said the more secretive or unjust an organization is the more leaks induce fear and paranoia in the leadership and the planning coterie this must result in minimization of efficient internal communication mechanisms and consequent system-wide cognitive decline resulting in decreased ability to hold on to power as the environment demands adaptation which is (laughs) if you've ever listened to him talk That's him to a T.
1: It's like I told you before we started recording. I was listening to one of his interviews and listening to it while I drove, and I'm pretty sure I fell asleep
0: on the way home. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's a timeline of some of the key moments of the WikiLeaks disclosures and so forth. In November of 2007, WikiLeaks... Julian Assange, post a U.S. Army manual of standard operating procedures for soldiers overseeing Al-Qaeda suspects held captive at Camp Delta in Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. And that was one of the first of the big bombs. Yeah. Because Guantanamo Bay, we all had heard of it, and we were wondering, why do we have a, a secret prison in cuba we're not even supposed to be dealing with cuba we're we have all kind of problems and embargoes and we're not supposed to be over there but yet we have this secret prison over there and nobody knew what was going on so they can get the cigars (laughs) yeah so it was in the news people didn't know what the deal was and these leaks started blowing the, the lid off of that. And people were very, very concerned about the tactics. That's where we learned about the waterboarding. Mm-hmm. If you guys remember back then, it was the topic du jour for quite some time. Should the U S be involved in this waterboarding technique? Because that's what they were basically torturing prisoners over in Guantanamo Bay. Yeah. In 2008, September, Two months before the U.S. presidential election, WikiLeaks posted leaked emails from the Yahoo account of vice presidential contender Sarah Palin. In 2009, WikiLeaks posted more than a half a million pages, messages, that it claims were sent on September 11, 2001. And I, to this day, have yet to read an article or find anybody who's gone through all of it. The way people found out what was in there was they would they downloaded it or they copied it, and then they would search keywords, they would search key phrases, they would search key sentences. But it's almost impossible to go through that entire thing. I don't think it's been done. I couldn't find anybody who claims to have gone through the entire thing.
1: No. Well, what a lot of people don't realize, too, in a lot of those, they won't go through them all. What they do is they... They search them. They, they use keywords um, in a lot of those. So that's how they find a lot of information. They'll use for special keywords that they'll they'll punch in and look for those words through the emails. So that's how they find most of the information. So a lot of people don't realize. They think that someone just sits down and reads every single one. No, they just do keyword searches.
0: You would have to. Yeah. So 2010 is when things really started going off the rails and we'll just we'll briefly touch what ha- what they did and then we'll get to later all the fallout but in april of 2010 wikileaks posted a classified u.s military video of a u.s apache helicopter gunship firing on what the military says were to believe to be armed fighters in new baghdad iraq among the 18 killed were two reuters journalists and you're like well, you know, collateral damage, they were in the way. No, what we were told, what was reported, was that these were all uh, Iraqi soldiers. They had pinpointed this thing and everything was great and we were all to celebrate this. Turns out, it was a complete bungled mess. And when they found this video, why why there was a video... (laughs) Anywhere of it. Anyway, they found it and they posted it and all hell broke loose. And that now you have the government's pissed is what happened.
1: And, and this is one of the things, and I'm sure we'll get into it more later, where I think the biggest thing happens with Assange isn't, it, it basically comes down to he pissed off the U.S. government.
0: And the, That's yeah, it. And the international collaboration of Warhawks. Mm-hmm. So in May of 2010, a private first class Bradley Manning is arrested by the U.S. military and then court-martialed in June, charged with leaking the combat video posted on WikiLeaks as well as classified State Department documents by downloading those documents to a personal computer. Then in July, WikiLeaks posts what it's called the Afghan War Logs with more than 75,000 classified documents that record previously undisclosed civilian casualties inflicted by the U.S. and coalition forces, details the pursuit of Osama bin Laden and accounts of stepped-up fighting by the Taliban. In August, Julian Assange is facing an arrest warrant over allegations of rape and molestation During a visit to Sweden, police questioned him in Stockholm. He denies the allegations. So he's on the run. He knows what's coming. And they're they're trying to stay one step ahead of him. And so wherever he was landing, they were basically trumping up charges to try to get him arrested, try to get him detained, whatever they could do. And this was shot fired number one. Then in October of 2010... WikiLeaks post nearly 400,000 classified military documents it calls the Iraq War Logs. They detail the involvement of Iraq security forces in the torture of prisoners of war, document higher civilian death tolls, and describe Iran support for Iraqi insurgents. Now again, you're like, so what's the big deal? We know all that now. But we didn't at the time. We were being told something completely different.
1: And I think that's what a lot of people run into, where we get this a lot of people are like, but, but we know this now. We know this. But like you just mentioned, we didn't.
0: No, we were being told a completely different story at the yeah. direction of the White House to the press. In November, WikiLeaks posted the first two hundred fifty thousand of more than three million leaked U.S. diplomatic cables from nearly 300 American consulates and embassies worldwide that spanned the years from 1966 to 2010. So now everybody's mad. Mm -hmm. All the other countries are mad at the U.S. The U.S. is mad at themselves. They're trying to figure out who this is. I think they think they have a handle on it. And it's all starting to ramp up. In December of 2010, Assange is arrested in London to face extradition for the Swedish allegations, and he is released and put under house arrest after posting bail. Now we get into 2011. WikiLeaks posts seven cables from the U.S. Embassy in Cairo amid violent clashes between Egyptian security forces and pro-democracy demonstrators. The documents discuss Egypt's human rights and civil liberties violations which nobody's supposed to know of course then yeah. in april of 2011 wikileaks post the guantanamo files some 800 classified military documents detailing the official allegations of terrorist actions by the men held captive in guantanamo bay cuba and then in october 2011, after being removed from Amazon servers and being allegedly cut off from major credit card companies as well as PayPal and Western Union, WikiLeaks suspends publication of leaked documents to, quote, aggressively fundraise. In February of 2012, WikiLeaks starts posting a trove of what it claims are 5 million leaked emails from Stratfor, a private company that describes itself as a, quote, global intelligence company. Assange knows they're after him. He's at the Ecuador London uh, uh, embassy where he is looking for political asylum. He knows they're coming. Then in July, WikiLeaks began posting more than 2 million leaked emails dating back from 2006 from 680 Syrian government officials and firms. So, again, this is not just the U.S. That's a misconception that they were just leaking U.S. documents. Not true at all. Then in 2013, WikiLeaks posts uh, leaked documents detailing the private negotiations of major trade deals, including the Trans-Pacific Partnership and the Transatlantic Trade and Investment Partnership. Then in 2015, they post leaked documents from the Saudi Foreign Ministry. In July of 2015, they began posting leaked National Security Agency documents revealing American surveillance. (laughs) I do remember this of German Chancellor Angela Merkel, French President Francois Hollande, UN Secretary General Ban Ki-moon, as well as two prime ministers, that would be Israel's Benjamin Netanyahu and Italy's Silvio Berlusconi. So again, (laughs) they're not holding back. They're shooting with both barrels constantly. I mean, they are swinging large here. Yes, very much. 2016, WikiLeaks post nearly 20,000 emails and 8,000 attachments from leaders of the Democrat National Committee. According to this, Assange later denies allegations that Russian intelligence services were the source of the leak. Because this is where we got all the Hillary Clinton emails. which led to Pizzagate, all the Podesta emails and all the back and forth and all that stuff. And, of course, at the time they were claiming, no, 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 this was this was Russia. Russia hacked in. Russia's trying to alter the elections and on and on and on. And Assange says, no, no, that was us. (laughs) Then October WikiLeaks posts more than 2000 hacked emails from the account of John Podesta who at the time was campaign chairman for Democratic presidential nominee Hillary Clinton. 2017, March, Wikileaks starts posting what it calls Vault 7, which claims to be a collection of thousands of internal CIA documents that detail a covert hacking program carried out by the agency, as well as malware and software it uses to spy on smart TVs. The operating systems of smartphones and web browsers. We've talked about that many times on here. Yes. That they times. are, they deny it. They deny it. They deny it yeah. yet. They were busted red handed through this vault seven admitting to it, trying to yeah. figure out how to do it, how to do it better. If you had a smart TV back then and I don't even know that it's ever stopped. That smart TV could watch you in your living room. Most people Mm -hmm. didn't know that, but there's a camera on that TV. You don't even know it's there. And I've watched, I've watched demonstrations of this happening in real time where a guy showed how it's done.
1: No, and it's insane.
0: Oh, it's freaky. It's freaky. So then in September, WikiLeaks starts posting the first of what it says are 650,000 leaked critical documents from surveillance contractors working in Russia. Then in October, CIA Director Mike Pompeo says the U.S. is, quote, working to take down WikiLeaks, which he calls an enormous threat. You get into 2018, Democratic National Convention, uh, Committee files a lawsuit against WikiLeaks. In November, a document written by a U.S. attorney inadvertently discloses that Assange has been charged under the seal by the U.S., and it goes on. And then in 2019, Assange is arrested at Ecuador's London embassy by British police, accused of, quote, skipping bail. And then the U.S. Department unseals an indictment of Assange dated March 6, 2018, that charges him with, quote, conspiracy to commit Computer intrusion.
1: Computer intrusion. Sounds like a very interesting.
0: According to, uh, at the time, so this was written in 2019. This is from USA Today. Six big leaks from Julie Assange, WikiLeaks over the years. And this is where they see the biggest problems are. And because, you know, of all the trial and everything. And this is where everybody had the biggest problems. One was the Guantanamo prison camp, the 570,000 messages sent on 9-11, the video of the helicopter killing uh, civilians in Iraq, the Iraq and Afghanistan war documents, the State Department cables, and the stolen 2016 emails. So this is obviously a huge problem for everyone involved and he went on the yeah. run he went undercover and you have the entire worlds after this guy according to AlJazeera.com. there's a great article about a lot of the stuff that went on this was written in 2020 and they say so what is assange charged with after Assange was arrested, a grand jury in the state of Virginia charged him with one count of computer intrusion slash hacking for allegedly assisting Private Manning in accessing classified documents. Private Manning is the one who leaked the helicopter video. In yeah. two thousand and nineteen, Assange was further charged under the u s. Espionage Act of nineteen seventeen on seventeen counts for soliciting, gathering, and publishing u s. military and diplomatic documents in 2010 assange is the first publisher to be charged under the act the leaks highlighted in the indictment included all the ones we've talked about so according to this article the u.s government has said it will appeal the british court's january 4th decision with some expecting the trial to go all the way up to the uk supreme court and it goes on the sexual assault charges were all dropped a Swedish court issued an international warrant for his arrest in 2010. After being released on bail in the UK, he was granted asylum and he resided in that Ecuadorian embassy for about seven years. And on November 19, 2019, all rape charges against Assange were dropped. It was a ruse. The whole thing. That was a ruse. Yeah. According to this article, they asked the question, why is this case important? And that is that is the question. Why is this case important? They say, while supporters of the WikiLeaks publisher have welcomed the UK court's decision, many have expressed caution, noting that the case was not decided on the grounds of press freedom. According to rights groups, Assange possible extradition and sentencing in the US would be a serious threat to free speech rights and to the work of investigative journalists around the world. Amnesty International has said, the effect of Assange being convicted on investigative journalists, publishers, and anyone who publishes, quote, classified government material would be immediate and severe. U.S. lawyers argue that the charges against Assange could be challenged under the U.S. First Amendment law, which protects the right to freedom of speech and expression. So that brings us to the current day, and currently Assange is confined to a cell. At Belmarsh for 23 hours of the day, he has one hour of recreation per day, which is conducted inside. According to Charles Glass, who visited Assange in December of 23, he said that Assange was very pale. And Assange told Glass that he had accumulated 232 books while in this prison. And that's where he sits. That's where it all sits. Yeah. I and mean, we could get into more of his personal life, but I, I don't think that's necessary. It doesn't really matter to the situation. Point no, is, no. yeah, the point is, is that, so we did a show on Edward Snowden. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, I think Edward Snowden's case was pretty cut and dry. Yes. I think Snowden was a victim of just people being pissed off, and I don't think he did anything wrong, honestly.
1: No and I mean we kind of mentioned that when we talked about it. I mean it just he was just kind of there and you know he, he did what he did and then it was more the government was just mad that that he beat him that he won
0: I agree. the thing with Assange and I think this is where we need to get into the discussion is we have several angles to this story. You have a guy who was really good at what he did. And decided since I'm really good at this, let's do something what he considered good with it. So we're going to hack in. We're going to find out what's going on. We maybe can make a little money, but we can possibly force change. And if they don't want to change, we will basically publicly shame them by dropping these out there. And again, WikiLeaks was. There were advertisements for it. They were in the newspaper. They were in magazines. I saw them on TV. People knew (laughs) who WikiLeaks or what it was and how to get to it. Yes. So you have that. You have, was his motivation pure? Was it actually good? Do you agree with how he went about setting up WikiLeaks and what their intentions were? That's one. Two, the second avenue of this, what they hacked into. They started with companies and then they moved to governments and they moved to military and they moved to the CIA and they moved to world leaders Mm -hmm. and started putting those up there. You're on a whole different level there. And then I think the third avenue of this is did they know when to when to stop when they should maybe step back and go wow, we see this, it's there. I don't know if all of this should be dumped for public consumption. Yeah, That's a question I don't think there's a solid answer to. So let's go back to one. How do you feel about the way they started this company and their initial statements of what they wanted to do and how they were going to go about it? How do you view that?
1: Most of what like I saw in the way they started the company, I'm okay with. Because they started it with, just, just like a lot of things, they started with the best of intention. They, they really wanted to just basically say, here's a bunch of stuff the public should know about that is being hidden to, from them. And here it is. Go look at it. I'm okay with that.
0: See, and I agree. A lot of people just on the basis of the fact that they were hacking into something that they were not supposed to be in is like breaking into somebody's home or private property and they have a problem with that. And I know it probably sounds a bit hypocritical to those of you who have listened to our program because I'm all I'm 100% opposed to the government, whether it's local or federal, just willy-nilly hacking in and and seeing what's in my computer. I'm not a fan at all and I oppose on every level Google or Facebook or TikTok or any of those who have access to your files. Nah. Um, unless they give you some sort of a heads up and you know for a fact it's happening and you agree to it, I'm completely opposed to that. So it does sound a bit hypocritical To say, well, I don't have really have a problem with these guys hacking into big businesses and to the government to expose them. I know that sounds hypocritical, but I think I could if we had an entire show, I think I could make a case to where I think they were doing good work. Yeah. So then the second thing is, is who they targeted. They went after world leaders, They went after governments. CIA, the military, and they were dropping things that were highly classified. Among the things that they were trying to put out there, like the lies that they were telling about the different wars and about the different catastrophes and the back and forth between countries that weren't supposed to be even be talking to one another, how they were going after bin Laden, all this stuff. And how do you feel about that?
1: That one's tougher because there's a couple things here, that, a couple of things you have to unpack. I'm okay really with them um, releasing a lot of that information because it's once again comes back to stuff the public should know that our government's doing. The public should know that our government lied to you so that it could do what it wanted to do. You know, in a lot of those cases, you know, and it lied to us about what was happening in Afghanistan, Iraq, all that. The biggest problem that I had with that one is that's the one pretty much where he did not stop because he was in such a rush to get the information out. They didn't take the time to take out the names. And that's where I had a problem. You left names of innocent people, innocent civilians, innocent, you know, government workers, whatever. You left those names
0: for people to see. And I think that goes to the fact that they were dumping such huge amounts of files that no man, no no person has ever gone through everything that WikiLeaks. It would be impossible to read through every single word of all of the leaked documents. So I can see where he would say, you haven't been able to read it all by this point. We couldn't have read it all and, you know, redacted all these names and then dumped them and get them, get them out in time when it was actually pertinent and relevant to the situation.
1: Yeah. I mean, and and I get that to a point, but then the the thing is, I mean, it was very quick that people found those names. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, now you have innocent people whose lives are in danger because you know,
0: people like, Oh, Hey, you're the one who did this. I can agree with you on that because if, Once they were dropped, if people could find them that fast by doing keyword searches and phrase searches and they popped up, why couldn't they do that? They had a whole team. Exactly. And just erase them out or maybe something slipped through here or there. But they didn't do anything. It was basically here's the information in its rawest form. Yeah. And and I get that, too. They wanted to put it
1: out there in the Ross form so that it did not because that was one of the biggest problems they had when they, they released the video of the uh the helicopter when they released that video it was 39 minutes of video but they cut it down to 17 so a lot of people basically made claims that like hey you cut out the parts of this that showed that there was militants there that there was this so it took away some of their credibility whether right. it was true or not that's still up for a debate but that's what they came back with oh hey you took out all the stuff that would have proved that this was a legit well you know, definitely
0: operation. definitely opened the door for criticism and second-guessing yes. for sure yes. I saw this Julian Assange described himself as a quote passionate and often pig-headed activist intellectual and he also said that he was quote directing a consuming dangerous human rights project so i think if he was going into to all of this with that mindset and free speech and i think he saw himself as a rogue journalist Somebody who who had gone places that no one had ever gone, seen things that nobody had ever seen they weren't supposed to see. Yeah. And it, I think it overwhelmed him on some level. And it's like the grand break-in. And so I think, as my opinion, he just said, wow, I, I don't even know what to do with this. Let's put it over here and we'll let the people sort it out. Yeah. So, I think there was uh, a bit of that. A lot of people don't realize this. And I didn't even, I don't think I knew this. I don't remember ever hearing this. In 2006, Assange created a dating profile on uh, the website OKCupid with the username Harry Harrison. <laughs> I didn't know that one. <laughs> yeah. The profile was verified by OKCupid CEO Sam Yegan uh, and it was last accessed in December 2006. So, he had an online. Profile on OKCupid, okay which I find kind of humorous. That is humorous. <laughs> uh, he did. He does have several kids and um, so forth. Thought this was. In, now this is on Wikipedia. Again, take it for what it's worth. But it says views on Julian Assange have been given by a number of public figures, including journalists, well-known whistleblowers, activists, and world leaders. They range from laudatory statements to calls for his execution. Various journalists and free speech advocates have praised Assange for his work and dedication to free speech. Some former colleagues have criticized his work habits and editorial decisions and personality. After the 2016 U.S. presidential election, there was debate about his motives and his ties to, of course, Russia. After Assange's arrest in 2019, journalists and commentators debated about if assange was a journalist assange has been awarded multiple awards for journalism and publishing and that is the question was he a journalist or was he a hacker was he a whistleblower or was he somebody who was i don't know subversive to world governments basically
1: yeah and that's a tough one because, I mean, it can go either way.
0: You can say he's a journalist because they had WikiLeaks. Before mm-hmm. that, he was not. No. He didn't write articles. He didn't have a magazine or write newspaper articles. He wasn't a TV personality. He wasn't doing journalistic work. He was hacking into places. Mm-hmm. Once they had a place to put it, in all this stuff they were finding, which was WikiLeaks. Does that make you a journalist? So if I create a website and I hack into your email or your text and I copy and paste them and put them over there, am I a publisher? Am I a journalist? Or am I just an a-hole? But once again, can't you be all? (laughs) A case has been made by many people that he is all. Yeah, You and I were talking to, before we started this. We've both watched interviews with him. It's not, it's not a guy I want to hang out with. Yeah. You know, but it's not a personality contest either. I, I don't look at Assange and go, man, because I don't particularly care for his personality and I don't partic- uh, particularly care for how he talks or his view on things, that doesn't mean what he did was wrong. It also doesn't make it right. And I think this is going to be the eternal debate because just because good things came out of it doesn't mean it was all good. And just because that's a tough one. And just because bad things came out of it doesn't mean it was all bad. Yeah. I think the debate will forever rage. Now, again, laws have changed, scared the bejesus out of all the hackers Security ramped up like nobody's business. if you are in Internet security or any kind of security for companies on the Internet-based thing, they went mad hiring the best they could to stay one step ahead of all these guys. It, it's a massive cat-and-mouse game. But before they this very hard. Yeah, but before this, all you needed was a password, and as long as nobody had the password, you felt safe. And once somebody found the password, you could just go in and change it, and you felt pretty good about yourself. Not anymore. This is where all these Internet security, paid security, and so forth have have come into play. But I don't know. I, I, I don't know exactly, really, at the end of the day and at the end of our program here, how I actually feel about this. Like, I love the information that has come out because again, this is how we found out. This is how pizza gate started. Yeah. All those crazy emails about sacrificing chickens to you know, Moloch and going to the spirit cooking and ping pong or pizza and all of that stuff came out of this. What was going on in Guantanamo? We were all being lied to about it. That came out the fact that the U S was spying on its supposed allies, you know, Merkel and all and Netanyahu and all this that came out. Yeah. So I can look at that and say, wow, I'm very thankful that that came out, but I can also, as we've talked about, look at some of the other things where a lot of people's names came out, they got doxed and suddenly they're under fire they did nothing wrong. They just happened to be mentioned, but they got you know, looped into something and it ruined their lives. It completely destroyed some lives. It People who did nothing wrong, they were innocent. And that I have a real problem with. Yeah. It's a fascinating study. I think it's going to be one that's going to be with us for a long time as far as the morality of it whether it's positive, negative, good thing, bad thing. It's one of those that I'm kind of frustrated at the end here because normally I have a pretty good feeling or I have a really bad feeling and I can give a definitive, yes, this is is how it should be or this is how it ended or whatever. I don't feel that here. I'm kind of conflicted.
1: And that was my biggest thing when I was going through and researching a lot of this. I was very conflicted as well because the hard part with a lot of this is you agree with parts of it, but then other parts you're like, but you kind of did it wrong. And then you kind of want to how much of his propaganda as well.
0: Well, there is that. There, There's that aspect of it because, again, I haven't been through all of the files. I know I've seen screenshots of all the pertinent information, the things that we've talked about. I can refer to it, but I haven't plowed through it and a lot of it's not even there anymore no you can probably find it on the dark web or somebody screenshot it may it's maybe somewhere but for all intents and purposes a lot of the things with the, the thousands and millions and hundreds of thousands and all the stuff they're gone Hmm. so i don't even really know if i could weigh in on what i'm hearing is in there from certain people that i listen to or i follow and they say oh well this these were in wikileaks well were they i don't know i can't even verify it now i think that's one thing people who are listening you need to be careful about because if you hear oh yeah well this were these were all in the wikileaks files well almost everything these days is being is being contributed to being in the quote wikileaks files and that's not the case So unless they have a screenshot of it, and that could even be manipulated, it's very difficult to know whether or not somebody says this is from WikiLeaks, if they're actually being honest. And Julian Assange has been very, very quiet about any of the other stuff they put up. What what we mentioned and what we talked about in the timeline, that's what we know is out there. Mm -hmm. And I know they did put other stuff that weren't as, I'll just say... You know, mind-blowing or as sensational but who knows who knows now what was there i don't even know yeah so i don't think a lot of us will ever know what was actually there do you think he should be in jail or do you think he should be out i think he should be out i agree with that i i think they used you know the espionage law baloney the internet hacking laws were rudimentary at best and so he maybe should have gotten, I don't know, some probation or slap on the wrist or had to explain himself or whatever. But, yeah. you know, rotting away in jail. And that's what he's doing. The, the guy's he's in bad shape. So he is. And
1: it's just it, it sucks to see because it's kind of like, you know, I mean, he he what did he really do? I mean, he he did supposedly bad things, but were they really that bad?
0: Right. And to some, he will forever be a hero. To others, he will forever be a a jerk. And it will be, I think, one of those things that history will either be kind or it will be ultimately super cruel to Julian Assange. And look, there's a lot more there. If you're really, really interested, you can go deep, deep into a rabbit hole, go find a lot more about him. But I just think in this day and age, when we talk a lot about information and what we're getting, what we're not getting, propaganda that's out there, this guy showed that it's happening and it's happening in spades. And if you cross that line, they will come after you. The entire world will come after you and they will get you if they can. Yes. And look, we're a lowly little podcast and we know that. But at the same time, if the wrong person hears it, we know we're gone any moment. They'll yep. yank us right out of here.
1: And that's just it. I mean, it's one of those things that the wrong person hears all of a sudden, oh, you're one of them. And all of a sudden we're on lists, which I'm sure we already are. But
0: Oh, I'm, I guarantee that. We just haven't been yanked off the platforms. But yeah. not yet. That may be coming at some point. So. Anyway, email us, down the RH at protonmail.com. You got some other information on Julian Assange that we missed out on that you feel were very important points. We'll be glad to bring them up next time. Otherwise, do some research on this guy. Look at exactly what he did. And if you can find him, read some of the WikiLeaks. I know, so, I know a lot of the Podesta emails and the Clinton emails. Those are all out there. They, they're there. Yeah. But a lot of the military stuff and, and, you know, the spying and everything, that's all been scrubbed. You got the midweek?
1: I, I do have the midweek. I haven't decided what it's going
0: to be yet, though. Well, we'll look forward to that. That'll be dropping on Wednesday. In the meantime, everybody, have a great week. I'm Big D. And I'm Brandon. We're out of here. See you later.